Hello, listeners. Another Sunday here with Tommy Blast. I feel like I say the same thing every time we start a show. Well, I mean, every time it is another Sunday, so you're technically not wrong. I know. I think next week I'm going to do something a little bit different, like, hey, go fuck yourself this coming Sunday. I'm here with Tom Blast. He's in the middle of it right now. <laughs> no, he should just do like the Krusty the Clown or something. Hey, kids. <laughs> You do that great. I can't start with that. Me doing that. Hey, kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's what makes it good. The last week hasn't had much interesting news to really talk about. Obviously, Bitcoin like dropped so much. And I don't even want to talk about it because half my portfolio is crypto and I'm watching it completely diminish. <laughs> and I need to get Joe on the horn. He needs to help us out again, figure out what the hell to do. Like he said, he doesn't really even invest in crypto. Do you have any money in crypto where you're like, not really your thing? Well, I ended up breaking even on Ethereum after a while. And I should have held on to it because it went up immediately after I took it out. But Doge, I had, I got in when it was like nine cents and I got out when it hit like 40. So I did okay on it. I should have thrown more money at it. But at the time I was like, yeah, I think I'm just going to lose all this. I know. I still regret not cashing out when you were like, I can't believe it. Fuck you. You're up so much money. I was like, no, I'm going to keep it going. It's going to keep going. (laughs) Yeah, that's it, right? You're on a roll until you're not. The news really for the week has just been football. So this past Sunday was the second week of football. Today's going to be the third, obviously. And, you know, I was talking to somebody about my gambling and it seems like NFL is the hardest thing to bet the first week. Yet college football is typically the easiest thing to bet the first week because you really just never know what you're going to get in the NFL the first week, whereas college, you're going to just have one team blow out the other team. But my God, dude, your Vikings suck. And Kirk Cousins sucks. I think it was, was it last week or was it two weeks ago when I watched them? Well, I wasn't watching it. I was uh, just checking on the score every now and then because I was doing stuff. But uh, I, I checked at the score at one point, and they were 7 to 24. And then I checked on it again, and it was 24 to 24. And I was like, ooh, shit. So then I was like kind of half-assed paying attention to it. I was still doing stuff. And then uh, they ended up losing. Do you think it's because Kirk Cousins isn't vaccinated and he just like bad karma there with with him and like all, of his, all the players are just like – Fuck him. Yeah, I wonder if it's because he didn't get the uh, the 5G microchip so that Mike Zimmer can talk to him faster. Dude, he's a, he's terrible to look at. <laughs> yeah. You know who's really terrible to look at? Mike Ooh. McCarthy, the coach of the da- uh, Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. He looks like the Pillsbury Doughboy, but on crack. Yeah. <laughs> So wait, I ha- I actually don't know what he looks like off the top of my head. Is he like? Does he is he fat? Is he? Oh, dude, Google him. Just Google him. I'm googling him right now. What's his name? Mike McCarthy. Yeah, Dallas. Make sure yep. you get the Dallas picture of him, not not the Green Bay. Like, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. He wow. Yeah, he's uh, he doesn't have uh, good looks in his favor. That's for sure. Not at is, all. Is he a good coach? Well, I guess he's not that good of a coach because the Cowboys haven't done anything in a long time. No, and I think they're 0 for 2. So, you know, he's no not really off to a great start either. <laughs> but listeners, this is not a sports show. That's why we canceled I'm Out and created the Chris and Tom show. So we're not really going to talk much about football. 
There's two things I want to talk about today before Tom kind of takes over this episode. The first thing that I thought would be interesting, and it's more of something for us to think about this week rather than have a full discussion on it. So not going to say who I was talking to, but I was having a conversation with someone about the workers in the hospital who decided not to get vaccinated and how they're deciding not to go to work or they're getting, you know, let go or fired and whatnot. What's really interesting is it's not really a state argument when it comes to the hospitals, because do you know how hospitals make a majority of their money? It's through Medicaid and Medicare. You know who funds Medicaid and Medicare? The federal government. And I bet you what's happening with these hospitals is that The government that's Democrat-based right now by Biden administration is threatening the hospitals, their Medicaid and Medicare payments, if they don't do a firing or a let go of the employees in the hospital who are not vaccinated. So it makes the hospitals look bad. However, I'm sure it's the government putting pressure on them to do this so that they can get paid through the Medicare and Medicaid programs. Are the hospitals firing people or are people quitting though? really sure how that's working. I think in some of the smaller medical offices, I think they are letting people go. It, it's crazy how, how you see like the depletion of the people in these things. I mean, these places used to be packed with workers, but you know that there's less people there, whether they're not there forced firing or not really forced firing, but forced quitting or being fired. But it's a different level of And, you know, the way to interpret the whole thing where it's not the hospital itself that wants to do this, but it's more pressure from the government side, because if you're not going to get paid by probably one of the largest ways to make money through Medicaid and Medicare, you have no choice but to try to get your employees to do it. Nurses, the the doctors, all, all that whole staff. Yeah, no, that's fair. I think um, I from what I've seen. I don't know. I, from what I've seen, it's been mostly people resigning of their own accord, um, voluntarily stepping down. I know like in, in Lewis County, for example, they, they made the news. Um, there was a, a hospital there where all the, all the nurses in the maternity ward decided to quit in solidarity. And then the hospital has, has no way to deliver babies right now. They just, they have no nurses on staff that'll deliver babies. So I know that was that was making the news. Um, I don't know. I, I I haven't seen anything about the the hospitals letting people go for that. I'm sure in smaller offices it might happen, but as far as hospitals go, yeah, maybe and, hospitals like, was the wrong way to actually start it with. But it's just medical offices in general. So a hospital, an office like a like a St. Luke's or a LBJI, whatever that is in Long Island, there's like that one main medical office throughout the entire island. There's North Shore, you know, North Shore, a bunch of sm- like smaller offices, like, but they're, bi- it's part of a big corp- corporation. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, that, that happens sometimes. Yeah. And again, um, the pressure from other people, because, you know, when you're vaccinated, you're, you're a little snarky about it. So you, you make other people feel bad. So maybe that's why they're, they're leaving. They choose not to get it done. And then everyone's just a you know piece of shit to them. So would you feel better then if, uh, if the, the government came in and said that you can't fire somebody because they decided not to get vaccinated? It's the same reason by telling someone that you didn't get the flu shot. So you're going to get fired too. Well, okay. But the flu is contagious. 
Right. The flu is contagious. The flu is not a, a worldwide pandemic. And the, the flu, granted, kills a lot of people, um, a lot of the same people that COVID does. But also COVID kills people seemingly at random as well who are otherwise perfectly healthy that the, the flu, uh, at least statistically, does not. Um, but but back to my question, would you feel better if the government came in and said, made a mandate that said you cannot fire somebody because they chose to not get vaccinated. I would think so. Yeah. You would, you would like the government intervening on a private industry like that. Absolutely. Really? Yeah. So, so it's just, well, here's the thing though. I also don't believe that a company should be able to fire someone just for any reason either. I, I don't, I don't like that law. I, I think there should be cause for a firing. Well, this is actually probably a whole nother conversation for us to have on another podcast because this could take up a lot of time. I think we should save this and this should be a topic for next week. Okay. All right. Because, because yeah. I, I think firings in general and just cause for firing, I think is better than just being able to wake up one day and you don't like how somebody smiles. So you get rid of them. I think that's wrong. There are some states that allow. I, forget, I think it's at will, right? And at will employer yeah. can fire someone for any any reason at all. But yeah, then you have unions. I mean, it's a big conversation to have because we have unions, which I think unions are kind of half bullshit. I definitely think it's a good conversation, a topic to have next week. Sure. Okay. Maybe we should curveball this and let me go into my next topic. Nine. I'm going to bring you back down to uh, 1988. There was a movie that came out with Bob Hoskins. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Super Mario Brothers? No, no, not that bad. <laughs> not that bad. Okay. It was a mixture of live and animation. Ah, yes. You were talking about uh, who framed Roger Rabbit. That's correct. Guess who's getting politically corrected. In the movie, moving forward. Who, Jessica Rabbit? Jessica Rabbit. Oh, boy. Why? So what did, what did they Jessica are re-imaging her. Huh. Why? <laughs> Is there like a reboot coming out or something? They're just going to replace her and make her over. They're so going to go. Do, they're going to do a makeover for Jessica Rabbit. They're going to go back and edit the movie I'm assuming to like re-release it or something. And they're, they're like just going to digitally edit her and the way she looks. They're like, is it an appearance thing? Is like, It's going to be an appearance thing. So there's already one scene where the opening scene, I guess, has her in a trunk. And, you know, she's wearing her sexy outfit. But now they've replaced her in the sexy outfit with barrels of acid. <laughs> <laughs> Who's in charge of this reboot? Is it Salvador Dali? It's Disney. Like she's. <laughs> is there going to be another scene where it's supposed to be her, like lying on a sofa, but it's just a melting clock instead, like a barrel of acid? That makes no sense to me. So they're going to re-image her, and <laughs> I guess kind of not. Make you know, dude. Growing up, when we saw that, we were like. Look at it's like it's hot. We were like we thought she was hot. I mean, yeah, cartoon or not, like it was one of those things. It's like you know, being like a six year old or a seven year old, you're like, wow, who's that? Yeah. 
Well, I mean, I like to, to me, this goes into the same thing as like the, the Mr. Potato Head thing where it's just like, I like, I don't know. Well, I, I guess it's, it's, I guess it's a little different. Right. But cause Mr. I never, <laughs> yeah. As a little kid, I was never, <laughs> well, uh, yeah. As a little kid, I was never sexually attracted, I guess, to, to Mrs. Potato Head. Although but, I don't. <laughs> but they're going to put, they're basically going to put her in a trench coat. Oh, so it's it's just basically like, you know, there's no more damsel in distress anymore like that. I think that's kind of what they're eliminating while they're at it. They're probably going to get rid of L.A. Confidential, too, and replace Kim Basinger with Alec Baldwin. (laughs) (laughs) That that makes see the whole I I like I want to say I get it, but I don't even get it because at that point, like the whole movie who framed roger rabbit was was supposed to be a play on noir and that was the trope in film noir like that was the most common trope and to like to edit that movie is just to say that an entire genre of movie didn't exist and it just doesn't i don't know it doesn't make any sense to me i don't know i i feel like there are people who are consulted to help these studios make these kind of decisions. And these people are literally just grifters who make their money by having uh, like those kind of seminars, like those, those uh, work seminars, like the one at Coca-Cola where it was like, Oh, here's how to be less white. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Like what? (laughs) Like, I feel like those, those kind of people are just grifters who, who are not actually benefiting any kind of like they're not affecting any kind of beneficial social change they're just making money by going up to a corporation and telling them like you know when when you have a movie like who framed roger rabbit that tells the world that you actually hate women and this company is like oh well well, how do we not do that and it's like we we need money Uh, women have money We, we can't we can't tell the world we hate women and so they'll just blindly yeah whatever you say yep okay we gotta put Jessica Rabbit in a trench coat? Like, fine. Like, whoop, she's got to peg Bob Hoskins at the end of the movie. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> God. <laughs> it does make you think that I guess they're hurting so much for original ideas that they're trying to bank on this. So Who Framed Roger Rabbit's now in the news again, and people are going to probably start watching it again just to see the difference. And it's a way for Disney. Is it a is it a smart thing what Disney's doing by making it seem like oh we're trying to desexualize her a little bit and make her a non you know non damsel in distress type girl? She's a strong woman now. She wasn't mm-hmm. then, but she is now. And I don't know. I really don't know the point of it. I mean, just well, we release it. We are talking about it right now, and it's it's not something. I mean, otherwise we wouldn't be talking about who framed Roger Rabbit, right? I mean, maybe it's the same uh, the same idea they had behind Space Jam with the um, when they redid Lola Bunny. And, and they were I like, heard that movie sucked. I actually refused to watch it because I'm not a fan of LeBron James. I love this the original <laughs> Space Jam, but I heard it actually did suck. Yeah, I didn't hear much good about it. Like it was released, and I I think it was a flop. Most of the stuff that came out this whole year weren't you know it wasn't very good. Yeah. Well, that's like any anytime I feel like they try to redo something lately, it's been far like the quality has 
far degraded from what it was originally. Remember that Rocco's Modern Life reboot? I couldn't even finish it. Dude, I, I honestly, and like the, the fact that they made Ralph Bighead trans was, was not my grievance, but my grievance was just that. And it was funny because it was, it was almost kind of self-aware because it kept saying, it kept hitting you with this message of like, Hey, you want this thing to come back. But like the thing that made this good wasn't necessarily it. It was, it's that it reminds you of an experience that you had in your life and you know, you need to stop fetishizing nostalgia and move forward. And they kept saying that throughout the movie. And it was kind of funny because I feel like the, the guy who made Rocco's Modern Life, Joe Murray, he was a pretty smart guy. And he, I mean, obviously, he had a lot of hidden meanings and everything in the show. But I I always thought that, uh, you know, he was smarter than just, you know, your average, I guess, uh, cartoon person. And although a lot of those guys are smart. But regardless, the movie winked at you a few times when it was like, hey, like, you know things are actually kind of shitty and wink, wink. And, uh, but also it was not an enjoyable watch. <laughs> it like was not nearly as good as, uh, I thought it was going to be. And maybe that's the point, but I was very excited when I heard it was coming out, but when I was watching and I'm just like, this is just not funny. I think it's trying too hard to be what it was and not something new. And it was trying to, it, it's like in your face comedy, like, the terrible comedians like Jimmy Fallon, like he knows he's funny or at least he thinks people think he's funny. So he always thinks he's funny no matter what he does. And I think these people thought while writing this that, Oh, no matter what we write, it's going to be good. We'll just be, you know, extremely creative rather than a, a box TV. We're going to have a flat screen TV with a giant price tag on it. And in each room it's bigger and bigger. Yeah. Yep. (sighs) Yeah. It certainly, uh, was disappointing i didn't get it It, like yeah if there was some sort of like subversive anti-humor going on it was lost on me and i'm i'm somebody who prides myself on anti-humor i think uh i think anti-humor or at least i pride myself on my ability to get anti-humor but subliminal i I didn't pick up on it at all the subliminal wanted you to think less and it was more in your face it's like at least with spongebob you have to kind of think about the subliminal a little bit it's not directly in your face like south park makes you think there's hidden messages in every single south park episode but you have to think about it it's not just in your face this is what we're trying to do you have right. to think about it and that's i think that's part of why south park has had the staying power that it's had all these years later you know they they refuse to just hit you over the head with a message they serve you like they don't serve it to you on a platter. They serve you this absurd situation and they kind of present everything in a way where it's like, all right, well, now you see this, like, what do you think of this? And you have to like bridge the gap yourself. And I think, I think that's good. They yeah, don't, all, under, they don't under, underestimate the audience. Yeah. TV shows, all the movies that we watch, whether they be an action film, like all the Marvel movies are straight up, action but then there's there are deeper meanings to every single marvel movie every single dc movie like the dark knight rises it's not just batman against the joker it's the rich versus the the working class versus the poor there's more to it it's not just batman is chasing the joker like the joker is a giant hidden meaning in himself now what do you think about the um there was a theory i saw 
going around that said that uh, the Joker, Heath Ledger's Joker, was actually somebody who had served in the military and uh, his convoy was hit by an IED or something and he was the only one out of his, his group to survive and that that's part of why he is who he is. And they, t- they made all these like really kind of, it, it's a, it's one of those theories. That's like, if it's there, it's like, wow, they really buried that one. Like they really wanted you to work for that. But um, it was something to do with the, the hypothetical he poses at some point in the movie where he's like, you know, seven men enter a building or something. And it's like, you would know. think he has to have some sort of military background with the usage of bombs. I mean, I'd like to think there's not many people in this world that can just go online, Google stuff, and figure out how to like work a bunch of bombs. Yeah. It shouldn't be that easy. So you have to assume he has some sort of military background. It's true. Uh, well, I mean, I, I, uh, I agree with that, but I always thought it was an interesting theory. Cause uh, it's one of those things where if it was there, it's like, boy, that's like, that's really something, <laughs> you know, even with the Joker with, um, the one that came out that Todd Phillips did, I don't think that's the, the real Joker. I think what's going to end up happening if they do a sequel, there's going to be somebody that's obsessed with the Joker that's publicized on the media who wants to become him and basically creates his own version of the Joker. And that's the one who Batman goes after because of the age difference. I mean, there's no way that uh, I always mess. I always botch his name. I'm going to call him Mr. Phoenix because I can never say his first name correctly. Yeah. Yakin, Yakin Phoenix. Yeah, Yakin. I don't think he's the 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 Batman Joker. I think he's just the Joker or a Joker. And then what would happen is the media is going to drool over that story. And then what's going to happen is there's going to be a kid that follows it and becomes the Joker. Ah, so you think this the Joker in Todd Phillips Joker? was ultimately going to be the serve as the inspiration for the Joker that becomes the one who is the Batman villain. Yes. And I would paint it as somebody who becomes obsessed with the news and following that villain. Because again, if there were a villain in this world, the media would focus just on the negative. So they would follow that Joker. And what's going to happen is it's all going to be on all the news channels and people are going to be talking about it. And then you can blame environment for a parent not explaining what's going on. And he be, and the, and the kid just does what he sees because of bad parenting. Hmm. And then he becomes the Joker that goes after Batman. That's fair. Yeah. That's a, that's a a pretty, I think that's an interesting theory and it's kind of supported by the end where all the people are running around and they're all dressed like the Joker and, yeah, because Batman was like eight years old in that. I'm pretty sure they're, they're like the same age. And even if they had a 10-year difference when Bruce Wayne is Batman, probably 20 years later, you mean to tell me Mr. Phoenix is going to be able to like do anything? He'll he'll break his back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, what did, what, did you, uh, what did you think of his name? Arthur Fleck. That's a cool name. Yeah, Arthur Fleck. Well, I mean, if you think about it, the, the last name kind of almost supports that theory, too, because a fleck if a fleck is actually like a really small like patch of something. So, like, you know, it, your your uh, hair could have flecks of gray in it or something like that. So if you think that, uh, you know, he wasn't he's not the real Joker, but he's part of what makes the real Joker. He, he is but a fleck 
on the uh, personality of that Joker. I see what you're saying. See, name, I think names are always really important to look at in movies and, and TV and stuff like that. I had a mythology teacher in high school. His name was Wendell Shearer. He was a good guy. He's passed away now, sadly. RIP, Mr. Shearer. But he was he was somebody who was always big on names in any kind of show. And uh, I remember the first time it ever really hit me um, – because, you know, he used to like to watch Twilight Zone. And I used to think Twilight Zone, like, yeah, okay, you know, of, of course. Like, Rod Serling, those guys were all geniuses. So anything, anytime they wrote anything, it was, like, super deep. But I remember watching Weeds for the first time. And the main character, what's the main character's name in Weeds, Chris? Nancy Botwin. Yeah, Botwin. Look at her last name. And so separate the two parts of her name. Bot, B-O-T, is, I think, the Latin root of plant botanical right that's where you get the word botanical from and when obviously is what she's trying to do so it and what does she do in the show she grows weed so or she sells weed you know she's involved with with weed and i i remember when i saw that i was like huh holy shit like that actually is something you could think about and and like you could get something from it and so, yeah, now, now I'm obsessed with the names of anybody in a show or anything like that. That's always something I look at. God, I don't even want to think about doing that. I already focus enough on, like, what's the hidden message behind this? So names are the last thing I want to Well, sometimes the names, the names will help you sometimes. That's true. That's true. I like that one with uh, Nancy Botman. That was a great show, but it lost me the season after the kid hit the girl over the head with the um, – the golf club. Like it just went downhill from there. What was that? Season four? I think it was season four. Yeah. Yeah. I know the last season was absolutely fucking. Now nah, yeah, that rails. show like that, that was depth. That was like the rise of Bitcoin and then it just plummeted. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's one of those shows that I think suffered from being on the air too long. You know, sometimes, sometimes the writers and, uh, and whatnot, and the director and, and the producers, they all kind of need to have the integrity to stand up to the network when the network is like, oh, yeah, well, you need another season out of it. And they're like, no, like the story's ending. The story's wrapping up. No, it's not. We're going to create, we're going to bring in this brand new character and it's we're, we're going to get another two, three seasons out of this. Yep. Ooh, Speaking yeah. of great shows, though, that new, that was right on point was Breaking Bad. And what did Breaking Bad do? They had an amazing spinoff. Better Call Saul, which is obviously one of my favorite, and they're doing the same thing. They're going to have their last season. Right, right where they're on top, they're going to have one more season, and they're going to end it, which is the smart way to go. You know Vince Gilligan does not milk anything, which I do want to talk about spinoffs. So Tommy is doing his first spinoff of the Chris and Tom show, and while we're on the topic of hidden messages, music is one item we did not touch on yet, which has hidden messages and almost has a meaning in almost every song, but some have some pretty interesting hidden messages, which Tom, I'll kind of let you take over and elaborate on. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, Chris is correct. I started a, uh, a channel called, uh, lyrics decoded, um, which <laughs> I found out is the name of another channel. So that might change at some point, but Suffice it to say, on the channel, we're going to, you know, examine the lyrics of songs that you've probably heard before, or maybe songs by artists that you know already. We're going to examine popular lyrics a little more closely. And sometimes it's for the worse, 
and those videos, you know, I'll, I'll try and, and spice them up with some humor. And then some of them are really good. And, you know, I'll, uh, we'll, we'll do a, a deep dive on them and kind of figure out what exactly the song might be about. And as somebody who has always liked to appreciate things with what I feel is a deeper meaning, you know, I hope, uh, I hope it's, it's something that you can appreciate as well. You know, I've been looking into some songs that I'm doing for the channel and I have some good, some good examples lined up. Some of which we're going to talk about today. That we are. So I think we should talk about the very first song that you went into, which is quite a great tune if you listen to it. Oh yeah. So the first, the first song I ever did on the channel um, and the video went up uh, last week was the chauffeur by Duran Duran. And it's a song that I've always liked. It's a song that a, a lot of artists have always liked. I'm not lumping myself into that category, but uh, I've seen that a lot of people cover that song and it's the only song off of 1982's Rio that was not a single. And yet it is the most covered song off of 1982's Rio. So I thought that was kind of interesting. You know, Deftones cover it. Um, this band I really, really like at the moment, uh, Warpaint, they covered it. So it, it was something that I always thought. And the lyrics themselves, they don't necessarily jump out at you as like, wow, you know, these are really elaborate. But they're definitely not like immediately accessible. There's definitely something going on. So in the video, I'm not going to give away what the ultimate point was here. But, uh, you know, in the video, we, we kind of examined it. And, um, you know, without giving too much away, there's references to Hans Christian Andersen in there, as well as the idea of industrialized society and where the common man stands within this uh, notion of industrialized society. And it's, it's pretty interesting stuff, I think. You see, I always thought the chauffeur was about just the driver driving through the night. And that's really well, that. But that's it my is. that's my simplistic opinion. It of the is song. about that. It is about that as well, because ultimately, yeah, he the, the the narrator of the song is a chauffeur, and his passenger is this woman that uh, is kind of intriguing to him. Like he can't immediately figure her out, and uh, you know he he's trying to understand her, and in trying to understand her, he discovers a, a few things. As somebody who pays attention to some lyrics. I had never super deeply examined him, but I thought it would be a good place to start because I knew that there was a little something going on. You know, Simon LeBon, I will say, Duran Duran in general, I don't think gets enough credit as being the musicians that they were. You know, a lot of it, they're looked at as, uh, you know, just glam rock of the 80s. And I understand that, or New Wave, or, you know. Um, and I understand it because, you know, they, they were very vain in their presentation. So unfortunately, that's just kind of, a symptom of the time, you know, music videos were getting big at that time. So they look, they don't look like there would be much going on beneath the surface, but musically those guys were super talented. And Simon LeBon, I think was a really, really good songwriter. Did you know, Chris, for example, um, that Rio is actually a metaphor for coming to America. So Rio is about coming to America. Correct. Rio is about making it big. There is no, girl named Rio, you know, it's all about coming to America and making it big. Like looking at America as like, you know, the, the, the sort of uh, romanticized notion of this place where, you know, this utopia in the West where you can go there and the sky's the limit. Like you can do anything you want. 
And it's funny because a lot of the songs on Rio, I feel like kind of have that. They have some sort of allusion to that. Hint, hint. Hmm. <laughs> songs that did not video. age well. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's more about like a, a mindset, I guess. But but yeah, as we as we've come to find out in some forty years since that, uh, America is not uh, that. <laughs> Although to some people it still is, and to them, I just have to say, like, God bless you, I guess, because I <laughs> I don't know what you're reading, but it's it's better than what I'm reading, I guess. Oh boy. <laughs> I remember back in the day we used to talk about music with Scotty and it was, do you listen to the instrumentals or do you listen to the lyrics? And I was someone who really never listened to lyrics. I was all about the instrumentals and the, and the music. Mm-hmm. And that's it's, fair. It's interesting now that you're, you're doing this type of thing because now I can actually listen to some music. And one of the songs that I know I used to listen to that your like very first one that you did a small video on was heart. All I want to do is make love to you. And when you actually broke it up, I was like, holy shit. How do they get away with singing this in the 80s? <laughs> Dude, that one that one blew my mind too. I when I when I found that out, it was one of those things where it's like, no, no, like this, I, like this has got to be a mistake. Like I, I this is on me. Like I'm the one who's making the mistake here. And then I looked deep like more deeply into it. And it was like, holy shit. I mean, she's singing. It's not, it's literally all she wants to do is make love to him because she just wants a kid by him because her husband can't conceive. And so then, then they do it. And then uh, in the morning he leaves her or she leaves him a note. That's like, uh, we walked in, we walked together in a garden of love and you planted the seed or something. And it's like, what? <laughs> like, how did I miss this? But that's just it, man. A lot of a lot of songs can be that way, and there it's the music is so innocuous, and the way they're singing it is innocuous enough where you don't even pick up on it. I think this is one that you can spoil for our listeners, so they have an idea of kind of what you're helping them realize. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's uh, that that was one that that was actually the, the thing that that inspired me to do this because there were enough people responding to it telling me that they had never known that. Cause uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought that like I was alone in this and then I looked online and there were other people who knew and I was like, well, I wonder how many people actually know about this. Cause I like to consider myself somebody who can suss out a hidden meaning if there is one for the most part. And, uh, and I had no idea. So I posted a video about it. And uh, it was pretty much across the board. Everybody was like, what the fuck? Like, are you serious? And it's like, yeah. So once that happened and I saw that, hang on, I'm going to turn on my light here because it's getting dark. It's getting dark, doc. (sighs) There we go. So once, um, once it became obvious that, that, that none of my friends had known that either, it was like, huh, well, I wonder, you know, I wonder what else people don't know. And so, um, I don't know, do, do we want to talk about click, click, boom here too? Sure. Okay. So, and that, that brought me, that brings me to another one, um, that I did on the channel. You know, the video goes into it a a little more deeply, but, uh, suffice it to say, I, I figured this one out years and years ago and it, it kind of surprises me that sometimes I bring it up and people have never either have never thought about it 
or just never got it. But Click Click Boom by Saliva is uh, a song, you know, 2001. You know, I, obviously it was, a, it was a different scene at that time. And there was lots of stuff on the radio that you look back at and you're like, I can't believe I like that. You know, like when Sideshow Bob steps on the rake. And he's like, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you know, there's a lot of songs like that. And anyway, click, click, boom. You know, everybody, everybody thought the same thing. I think at the time when, you know, especially people of our generation who were like, you know, 13, uh, we were hearing songs like that and we were thinking like, hell yeah, like that's a gun. And it's, it's not, it's not a gun. Um, the click, click, boom does not refer to a gun. And if you want to find out what it, what it does refer to, it's, it's, it's so much more cringeworthy than that. And, uh, yeah, if you want to find out what it actually does refer to, uh, you either, you have to, you have to watch the video. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but suffice it to say, it's, it's not a gun. <laughs> a mouse. Yeah. He's playing ace combat on the computer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. Uh, uh, a good friend of mine told me one time that uh, that song and then there was another song from P.O.D. called Here Comes the Boom um, that she just like uh, she she thought they were the same song in her head, like her brain filed them in like the same same place so when she thinks of the song Click Click Boom she, she hears, you know uh Boom, here comes the boom. Click, click, boom. And it's and like, oh God, what kind of unholy abomination is your brain accidentally created? And I totally get it. They, I mean, those songs sound pretty much identical. Like if you just played a snippet without the without the chorus in it and you wanted me to identify it, I don't think I could actually identify which one is which. Yeah, it's like like a prayer by Madonna that clearly is praying to God. It's yeah. About a, it's about a blowjob if you Eh, didn't yeah. know. Yep, that is true. Another one that uh from Madonna, since you brought up Madonna, it's kind of funny, is um Like a Virgin, which obviously the the fact that Madonna's referencing virginity, um, especially at that point in her career, was a little bit provocative, especially in the 80s when there was you know the whole satanic panic and everything was going on and, and everybody was very concerned about uh purity and and uh chastity but the funny thing is that that song is actually a lot you know people just automatically assume that there's some kind of dirty meaning to it i remember at one point somebody was was talking about that song possibly being about um how do i how do i say this in like a pg kind of way not be pg-13 it's okay well (laughs) i guess um not having sex traditionally but rather through uh an altered position i suppose um putting putting it somewhere where maybe in christianity it does not belong the yes yes and uh yeah so yeah essentially people were were, i remember at one point that was one of those like crackpot theories about that song was that it was about anal sex was that oh yeah you could do it that way and then you're still like a virgin because then you'll touch for the very first time when you have sex the right way and it's actually not true what that song is about the the guy who wrote i don't remember the guy's name at the moment but the guy who wrote it um was actually writing about how he had gone through a bad relationship and then a good relationship made him feel reborn <laughs> and that's all it was about okay i was almost thinking along the lines where it's like a virgin where it touched for the very first time that it's just with a new partner and 
Oh, they're so good. They're, they're so, so good, good at it. or yeah. they're so much more endowed than the previous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it turns out it's a it's a lot more a lot more innocent than that, and I think that's funny. You know, subversive innocence is always uh, is always a fun thing. I think that would get a parental advisory sticker on today, right? What, like a virgin? If her CD, Like a Prayer and Like a Virgin, came out today, do you think that there's enough talk about the content of what it actually is to deserve a parental advisory sticker? I think if it were to come out today, it would be looked at as G-rated, to be honest, compared to some of the things coming out today. (laughs) I know. Instead of Like a Virgin, it's just Like a Whore. Yeah, Like a Whore. Ooh! Fucked for the very first mouth. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna take that part out. God damn it! Uh, uh, um, but imagine if we imagine if we were live and just going with it. It would be so much better. They don't even oh, have to yeah. worry about what we say. Yeah, dude. Like, imagine if it was like the nineties, like nineties comedy, where not everybody had a cell phone on them and they couldn't just record everything, and like you could just have a joke with a room full of people and they leave with that joke and that's it. Those were the days. Oh, those really were the days. Apple man. really fucked us. Yeah, Apple and uh, Samsung. Well, I guess in general, just consumer electronics came back to bite everybody. You know, the way but, to do it would be just to have a comedy show where you everyone gets a locker, and you have to put your cell phones in a locker, and you get patted down, not for a gun, but for some sort of recording or cell phone device, so that you're not allowed to record anything from a comedy show. Yeah, that's true. That would that would be interesting actually. You probably you could probably get away with that. Like a like a real private comedy show, but the problem is you take people's cell phones away and they if god forbid there's an emergency, they're not going to be able to reach out to anybody. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and then at that point somebody's going to sneak one in and they're going to be like, "Oh boy, like if they were confiscating them, then there's really got to be something worth recording here." The death of comedy. The death of Jessica Rabbit. Mm-mm-mm. Another reason the uh, the '90s were good was because I feel like, in terms of um, pop, pop music um, and just you know radio music, there was a lot more nuance going on in lyrics. One of my favorite '90s songs lyrically is "Hook" by Blues Traveler, and everybody just knows it as like that other song from Blues Traveler that's not "Run Around." And granted, it wasn't as big of a hit, but um, but yeah, that song is genius. Because if you actually look at the words to that song, he's not saying anything, and he's the whole song itself is a is a giant just kind of joke on the radio. Uh, the music, for example, which I don't I don't get in too much to to music theory on my channel or anything like that because I, I feel like there's lots of other channels that already cover that, but. In the case of Hook, um, the the chord progression is the same as like the wedding march. It's Pachelbel's Canon is the actual song. And lots of pop songs are just written with that chord progression. And it, it's one of those things that just gets big usually. And um, uh, what's that? What's that one song? We will always be together. Graduation now. by... Vitamin D or vitamin C, whatever the hell her name was. Yep. Yeah. 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 That song. So that song got huge. It's the same chord progression as that. 
And, um, and there's lots of songs that do that. There's lots of pop songs that use that formula. And so this song hook by blues traveler uses that formula. That's the first part of the joke. Right. And second part of the joke is that the, the, the verses he, he literally is talking about how he's not saying anything, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if he says anything during the verses because you're not listening anyway. All, all he has to do is say it with inflection and just say it the right way, and it completely goes over your head. And for most people, it did. And then think about the the, the act, the hook of that song. The hook brings you back. That's what he keeps saying is the hook brings you back because you don't care what's in what the rest of the song is. And uh, and he's right. I mean, that's you know, I I I think I was like. 14 or 15 around there when I actually like looked at the words to that song and I was like, wait, what? And then, then, yeah. And then I, I might even been older than that. It might've been in a cracked article actually that, that uh, pointed it out to me. And I was like, no. And I like, I had liked that song. It was on, it was on my liked songs on Spotify. And then I I went and looked and it was like, holy shit. Like this whole time, like he was right. (laughs) I was just a zombie. (laughs) And, uh, and yeah, and the video is really good. That's, I think that that song is, is far and above what the average pop song is, but it's masked to be in the same room as a pop song like that and be virtually indistinguishable. And I think that's really genius. (laughs) I guess it is. (laughs) Macho man agrees. So before we wrap this up, why don't you let us know how often you're going to release this? Is it a weekly release? Is it every other week? How how often are you going to try to do this? Well, it's gonna it's gonna be mostly uh, a weekly thing. I'll I'll try and do it every week. Um, and yeah, some of them it, depending on what works. I will say this much: <laughs> I I gained a new respect for uh, the YouTube content creators in editing the video for uh the chauffeur because you know when in the other videos you'll see if when you watch them there's not the you know they're kind of they're kind of on the shorter side they don't really go too deep in the lyrics because the first two are just kind of like piss takes um and it's it's just kind of a joke um so there's some pictures there was some editing that went into it obviously but but nothing crazy but with the duran duran one uh there was a lot of stock footage there was a lot of uh syncing everything together and just just general editing that went into it and it took me way longer than i thought it was gonna so um depending on what the uh the thing is it's gonna be weekly but um it might it might um it's gonna be weekly within like a couple days or so (laughs) there's not gonna be a course there's not gonna be a, a, a single day that everything gets released on well listeners this is our first spinoff which we're very excited to release to you. And Tom is definitely going to be entertaining for everyone. What we're also going to do is add the songs that he does do on there to our Spotify playlist. Again, you can check out the Chris and Tom show soundtrack on Spotify. It's only available on Spotify. So check it out. You got an hour's worth of music there. So it's worth a good listen. No children though, because there are some songs with strong language. You're not going to want to put it on when grandma's in the car. Especially since now I need to add two of Madonna's songs onto our playlist. <laughs> Grandma will yeah. be like, I know this song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Willie D's not going to really grab grandma's attention. She's going to, you know, he's going to, he's going to be saying things like, fuck them, fuck, 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 fuck them. And she's going to be like, oh, listen to this polite little man. 
But Madonna comes on, she's going to be like, oh, my God, where's Willie D? (laughs) (laughs) Put him on. I like the short man again. (laughs) Well, listeners, enjoy your week. And we will start sharing a few more of Tom's videos. And I did get word that I should have an update for the website the end of the month. So maybe by Valentine's Day next year, it'll be ready. <laughs> there you go. Right? That's the perfect time. Yes. Celebrate your love with your partner by visiting the Chris and Tom Show website together. <laughs> <laughs> we should we should actually come up with some cool like little Valentine's Day uh, Chris and Tom little things that people can send to their loved ones. Oh, yeah. yeah. That would be funny. We can maybe we can make Scott go through all the old episodes and find like the the catchphrases and then we can put them on Valentine's Day cards. That would be very, very smart. You say you want to get down with Willie D. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all enjoy your week. We will see you next Sunday. Goodbye, listeners. And uh definitely like and subscribe to my YouTube channel again. It's um uh, lyrics decoded. I had to think about the name of my own. YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> oh God.